Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, and on this extra special festive episode, there is something very weird showing up on the North American Aerospace Defense Command radar. Our cast members for today's secret tape are Lupine. Uh, hi. Kill, kill it with fire. I like fire. Danny. Hello. Fire. Ah. And Rena as our director of the dark arts. It's totally fine, everyone. Nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. It's just a bird of unusual size. And color. And shape. And everything else. <laughs> well, viewers, please note that... This live stream is a fundraiser for Trans Lifeline, a grassroots nonprofit organization offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. So if you want to know more about that, go to translifeline.org. Now, Rena, please let us know if we've been naughty or nice this year. Oh, I think you know. I think you all know. Welcome, everyone, to The Naughty List. This is my original Cthulhu Dark scenario that has never been run anywhere else. We're debuting it right here, right now. And our setting is a Santa's village in, or rather near, Los Gatos, California, in the Bay Area. Uh, Santa's village, in case you're unfamiliar, is an outdoor setup with Santa Claus's workshop, where kids can go in and make toys, make in quotation marks. There's little elf huts set up with uh, gift wrapping and food. There's a petting zoo with reindeer, quote unquote. Uh, and there's also a Santa's cottage. You have elves, you have Santa, you have Mrs. Claus, you have the reindeer, all sorts of things. It is full of festive cheer and lots of small children running around with sticky hands, sneezing, coughing, and generally full of comfort and joy for everyone, meaning themselves and nobody else in the Santa's village. So, we are opening our curtain this evening on the Santa's Village on Christmas Eve. Let's say 2019, so we're not worried about pandemic stuff yet, although little rumblings are starting to happen in the background. There's rumors and so on, but no one's actually worried about it, so we won't be either. And so let's start by introducing our characters who all have jobs at the Santa's Village for one reason or another. So why don't you tell us your name and uh, what it is you do at the Santa's Village, and what your opinion of Christmas is. So, Jeremy, why don't you start us off? Yeah, my name's uh, Pete Pringle. I run the food stall uh, in Santa's Village. Uh, it's called Pringle's Pretzels. Uh, usually I can make enough dough by Christmas so I can hitchhike down to my fishing shack in Punta Colonetta and get soused 24-7 on the beach. Oh, did I mention I hate kids? Yeah, the little brats, all screaming for Santa, picking their noses and spreading their germs all over everything. Disgusting. If I get a real annoying kid... I make sure there's a little something extra in their pretzel that just might give them a tummy ache later. Tough nut, kid. Grow up. Oh, my. All right. So that's Pete and Lupine. Please don't give them too much because I have to fix it. My name is Lucy and I fix all the stuff, including the toilets. So, you know, I hate it when Pete puts something real bad in a kid's pretzel. Sorry, Luce. I just gotta keep everything working, because otherwise the customers complain, and then management is like, Lucy, what's wrong with you? Gotta keep everything working. There's all the animatronics, and the, the, the snow machines, and the, yeah. 
And how do you feel about Christmas? What's Christmas? There we go. And our other uh, disgruntled or perhaps gruntled employee, who knows, is Danny. Yeah, hey, I'm Danny. I'm playing Ralph Lennon. He's uh, He's got a little mustache, a small goatee, pretty much always wears red when he can choose the red costumes. I'm the official gift wrapper, uh, so I package and wrap gifts that are purchased here, or even if people bring in gifts, whatever, I'll, I'll wrap them. I fucking hate Christmas. Christmas is the representation of capitalism and consumerism. And you know what? I'm going to put an end to it one way or another. Not Christmas, the consumerism. I'm glad you clarified there. Christmas is fine. It's the consumerism, the purchasing of gifts, the spread of money, the exploitation of labor. (sighs) Nothing gets me more riled up every year. As long as you don't break the machines, I'm fine. Just don't break shit, please. I wouldn't make you work harder than you have to. Power to the people. So a minor disclaimer, or major, depending on who you are. Though there are children in this scenario, this scenario does not feature harm to children. That is not something that I personally go for. So you do not need to worry about the kids. The kids will be present for part of the scenario, but there will be no harm to children in case that is a trigger issue for you. So... Before we start the scenario proper, I like to ask the group a few questions about their relationships to each other to set some dynamics. Uh, So I will ask you a question about someone else uh, in the group and what you say is canon. Uh, We're going to set up some impromptu group dynamics here. So let's start with Pete. Why do you like Ralph? Why is he your favorite other employee at the Santa's Village? You know, I like Ralph because uh, he kind of has the same outlook on Christmas I do. We both hate it. We just hate it. He's always talking about trying to get something together to take down Santa's village once and for all, to destroy consumerism and capitalism. And I can get down with that to a certain extent. I mean, if nothing else, I think maybe he and I can help each other in some respect. You know, maybe sometime I can invite him down to my fishing shack after Christmas. We can have, we can pass the New Year's and maybe go fishing. You know, I can uh, show him a nice stretch of river. It's one of my favorite fishing spots. That didn't sound ominous at all, the way you said, show him a nice stretch of river. Lucy, what is it that Pete does that really irritates you? Pete whistles under his breath, and it just drives me fucking nuts. Every time he does it, I want to strangle him, but I know he isn't doing it on purpose at least i think he isn't doing it on purpose if i could figure out if he was doing it on purpose i might actually strangle him but there's people around there's too many witnesses maybe maybe i should go down to that favorite stretch of river get him to take you fishing what is it that uh, you whistle by the way pete it's from kill bill Oh, gods, I hate it. Okay, I'm right there with you, Lucy. Nice. Creepy. We love it. Ralph, what is the interaction that you had today with Lucy, today specifically, that really puts you in a bad mood? This morning, I was like kind of spouting off about power to the people, all my Marxist rhetoric that I use every day. And Lucy was like fixing a toilet and it was like leaking everywhere. It was just really messy, obviously like already not in a good mood and just snapped and went, literally nobody cares. 
And I was really hurt because I thought I was really making an impact on the coworkers here. And it really is like made me wonder if my messages are getting through. You have come to realize probably not. At least one person in Los Gatos has got to join me in this fight. Just get one of these very wealthy people from this area <laughs> to join you in the fight against capitalism. That's all I ask. The last question I have is from, I'd like to hear from each of you what you're feeling as the day draws to a close. As we're getting towards the end of Christmas Eve here. You've had a bit of a long afternoon. You came on shift about noon. It's now getting close to 7 p.m. How are you feeling? What's your, your mood, your your attitude? So we'll go back to the top with Pete here. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling uh, pretty excited, actually. <laughs> I'm just kind of looking at my watch every two seconds to make sure it's actually going to be over here shortly. Uh, I'm just looking forward to hitting the bottle after the shift and let's be done with this. I want. I really am just waiting for like the second hand to swing around so I can just shut the pretzel stall and just be gone. And Lucy? Yeah, I'm mostly thinking about dinner, I guess. Just kind of uh, thinking about what I'm going to eat. Uh, I've got some things that I definitely can't. Like, I definitely can't have pretzels because I've just seen too many of them today. Do I want a burrito bowl? But it looks too much like what I've been doing all day. I'm just, like, really hungry and tired. You're thinking about dinner. And Ralph... Look, I went into overtime with my Marxist stuff. So I've got all these flyers that I secretly keep in my backpack, like little pamphlets. And whenever I wrap a gift, I make sure that I sneak that in between the gift wrapping and the package, right? I like really went overboard after my conversation with Lucy earlier. So I'm feeling like, all right, today might have been good after all. Dude, Ralph, no one cares, babe. No one cares. Not with that attitude. We're going to change things. Starts here at Santa's shack. Everybody's here. To just, like, make toys and eat food and shit all over the toilets. I mean, they just piss all the time. No one cares. Adults, they're, they're like, stuck in their ways, but it's these kids. We're going to reach the kids, and they're going to be like, yeah, power to the people, right? That's what's going to happen. Yeah, sure. Uh -huh. People, yeah, sure, nobody cares, but maybe they will. They will someday. Just trust me, it's going to work. Right, they're going to grow up to be professional booger pickers. <laughs> How do I get through to you two? We're going to have a little scene with each of you at work as the day is drawing to a close. You're, you've gotten into your mood, whether it is thinking about, yeah, I've done some good things today, or thinking about dinner, or man, this is finally almost over. And so we'll we'll start with you, Ralph, as you're at the gift wrapping stand. It's this hut that's been set up, but there's no interior to it. There's just a wall behind you and you have a wrapping table in front of you, but at least you're protected from the snow, aka the fake snow, because it doesn't actually snow up here. And it is about 58 degrees out, so the snow everywhere combined with the slightly warmer weather just makes everything kind of sticky and not fun. But at least you're protected from it. You've got wrapping paper everywhere. There's scraps of paper on the ground. There's little bows and gift tags. And there's been a long queue of very harried parents who are coming in to get things wrapped that their kids made in the workshop or that they suddenly realized they forgot to do their own wrapping this year. And so they brought in an entire box full of toys for you to wrap. It's just been a long day. Your hands hurt. It's getting kind of on towards closing. You just want to be done. Even though you're going to have to close everything up at the end because you're on closing duty on Christmas Eve. But a small child comes up to you 
and they're holding a gingerbread man. Mrs. Claus stands out in front of Santa's cottage and hands out little gingerbread men cookies to all the little kids who come in. And he's holding this gingerbread man and got a very sticky looking painted reindeer. One of these little wooden reindeer that he probably painted himself over in the workshop. And he looks up at you and he puts the reindeer on the table and says, Wap. Oh, hey, bud. Yeah, I'll wrap this for you. Sure. Do you make that? Uh-huh. With the elves. Like the exploited elves. Yep. You did a really good job. You did. A, that looks really good. Um, yeah, I'll wrap this up. What color do you want? Pink. Pink. Okay, great. Pull down the pink wrapping paper and I grab one of my... No, two of my little leaflets, the Marxist propaganda. I have some that are more like have caricatures and stuff on them so that they can explain it more easily to kids. It's actually like elves rebelling against Santa saying, we demand fewer hours, higher wages, (laughs) vacation throughout the year. I slip those in, wrap it up. Here you go, bud. Do you like it here? You look sad. Look, one day you're probably going to have to get a job and you're going to be sad too. By that very fact. I'm going to be Superman. Hell yeah. He looks at you and says, you don't like it here. And then he pulls the gingerbread man up to his mouth and he bites off the head while he's making eye contact with you. Just bites the head off and stands there chewing, holding the gingerbread man's headless corpse as he's chewing. Dude, you've been reading about the French Revolution, haven't you? Is there French fries? No, there's no there's no French fries. You've been naughty. What? What, what does that mean? You're on Santa's naughty list. And he twists the gingerbread man and bites off a leg. Just the leg. I like this kid. <laughs> Crunch the other leg. Alright, all right, you probably should go find your uh, your parents. And he looks at you. He's got this pink-wrapped package under his arm. He's got this mutilated gingerbread man's corpse in one hand. And he leans in, and his eyes look kind of wide. You just hear, Santa Very slow and slightly off-key. And then he bites off an arm and turns and disappears. Now, if you find that even slightly creepy, I would like you to roll insight. So you're going to roll your odd-colored die. Everyone's insight starts at one. So if you roll above a one, your insight will go up because you have seen something creepy or unnatural. All right. I rolled a one. So this is a little weird. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's kids. Who knows what they get up to? Too much TV. Too much TV. And also, you know, it's kind of off key. You know, that's probably what made it creepy. Getting a little bit dark. Just the mood. It's fine. You're almost out of here. And you gave him two pamphlets. So maybe he'll actually learn something. Some of the good ones too. So Lucy, you're over in Santa's workshop. You've been called in near the end of the day because one of the animatronic elves that works on the line has a little tiny hammer and is just pounding on things, has broken and is now just bobbing slightly back and forth instead of actually clink, clink. So you've been called in to fix it. And you discovered when you came in that the reason it's not working is because someone put sticky little hands covered in jam all over this thing and it gummed up the works. Are you fucking kidding me? I start fixing and I get it to the point where it actually makes its way down to the conveyor belt, but it's not reaching out its hand. So I have to fix that joint. I'm going to look around. I'm going to yank the arm (laughs) so that it's straight. There, I fixed it. Is the elf sick? There's suddenly a small child standing next to you looking wide-eyed up at the elf as you've yanked its arm out. Oh, 
Yeah, the the elf is uh, having a little trouble with um, their arm. Look, it's it's not working correctly. And I hold the dismembered arm in front of the child. Where's the blood? Elves have blood. They don't have blood. They bleed oil. You see, kid? And there's oil dripping down. I didn't know elves had oil. I'm going to tell all kids in my class. Elves have special blood. You can tell them that. Ooh, special blood. I want special blood. Uh, if you ask Santa for it in your list, you can probably get some special blood. I could do lots of things with special blood. Just smiling up at you with her blonde curls and her big blue eyes. You could probably even work on a factory floor. Well, my messaging really has not been getting through. <laughs> and I'm going to bang on the conveyor belt with the hammer to demonstrate. Mommy says banging is a bad word. Mommy said daddy was banging his secretary and I don't know what that means, but I know it's a bad word. And she looks kind of curiously at what you're doing with the hammer. <laughs> no one should hit each other like this. Bop! I very gently, like, touch her with the hammer. You've been naughty. Oh, sorry? Santa thinks you're bad. Did you talk to him? Did he tell you that? She nods. Am I about to get fired? I'll try to be better. She nods and she pokes her finger into the oil. And she looks at it, sniffs it, and then she licks her finger. Special blood. And she bounces out of the room. And as she bounces out of Santa's workshop, you hear this low, slow... Santa Claus is coming. You swear just for a moment you see that broken elf's head start twisting towards you. It's moving, almost like it's trying to look at you. Is it singing? Fucking animatronics. I'm gonna slap it. To yeah, go fuck yourself. Give me an insight roll. Ooh, I got a four. You go up to two. So you are kind of freaked out by this between the small child being creepy the way small children often can be and licking the oil and the fact that you might get fired if she was talking to Santa. And Santa is a really nice man named Frank. No kids, no grandkids, just comes in because he likes to be Santa as far as you know. So if Santa, Frank, is saying that you're, you've been naughty, there's something wrong. <laughs> And then you've got this creepy animatronic that's looking at you and singing, and it's just very uncomfortable for you in here now. I just want to eat. I want to go home. So we'll leave you there in the workshop thinking about whatever it is you're going to have for dinner. And Peter, you're at the pretzel stand, which like the, the gift wrapping station, it's got this like cottage kind of roof over it and a back behind it that's been covered in wrapping paper and lights hung over it and you've got a kiosk set up inside with pretzels and do you do like hot chocolate or, or something more seasonally appropriate than lemonade or yeah hot chocolate's good you know I might, I might have a little nip of vodka there just for myself not the kids don't do drugs kids you keep a little something special under uh, under the desk just for you and you've been serving screaming children quite a bit because it, it is around dinner time and these families that have been coming in for the last minute 
photo with Santa or to pick up presents because they were driving to their parents over in San Jose and suddenly realized they were missing something, or the kids just started screaming they wanted to go see Santa. You, you've heard all sorts of stories from poor, exhausted parents for the past few hours. But it is close to dinner time, so the kids want pretzels and the parents are taking hot chocolate and just everyone looks exhausted and harried and it's been more draining than normal for you. Especially wearing the, the elf costume, handing out pretzels. This time they gave you one of the hats with the ears on it instead of letting you pull the hat down over your ears. All the kids want to like bobble it. And I'm like, no, don't get away. Just, just get away. All right. You can't just touch my ears like that. That's rude. Another elf comes up to you, a very tired-looking teenager. Uh, she's got curly brown hair and dark green eyes, and she's wearing the, the striped stockings and the little mini dress and, and everything, and she's got a basket on one arm. And this is Marie, who is one of the elves who works in Santa's cottage, putting the kids up on Santa's lap and taking pictures and making sure that the line runs smoothly. And she comes up and she looks at you through eyes of pure dead exhaustion. Hi, Pete. Hey, Marie. Uh, rough day, huh? It's almost over, though. They won't stop crying. Yeah, well, just, you know, just think happy thoughts. Maybe whistle a tune or something. That usually works for me. Uh, not anymore. It's Christmas Eve. I shouldn't be here. But it's so weird. Like, the last nine kids have all just they sat down on Frank's lap and they just start crying. He talks to them and they start crying and he looks confused and I'm confused and the parents are confused. Nobody knows what's going on. Frank looks tired. I'm tired. Why are we still here? It's going to be over. Just trust me. I mean, these kids, they're crying. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. And, you know, Frank, if you whiff of his breath lately, I mean, come on. Sure, they're going to cry. Yeah, that's true. Poor Frank. Can you give me a pretzel and some... Coco, please. I know I know you're running out. If I don't get a pick-me-up, I'm going to, to go all silent night, violent night over here. Oh, uh, you, you want one of my uh, special hot chocolates? Please. So I'll reach down underneath the uh, countertop and just pour a little nip of uh, vodka in the hot chocolate, pass that over to her, and uh, I'll give her one of the uh, cinnamon-dusted pretzels. Thanks, Pete. You're great. On the house. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Try to keep it down low. We could get out of here. We don't want any like complications or anything. We could just be out the door when the clock hits the hour to be out of here. The village will be shut down. Aren't you closing? I, I'm supposed to stick around. Okay. I'll be out before you are, but I guess I'll see you next year if we're still stuck in this hellhole. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas to you and all that crap. Happy holidays, etc., etc., et fucking cetera. And she looks around to see if there's any kids. Hey, kid, you want some one of my special pretzels? This small kid, about eight years old, comes up and they're eating a gingerbread man. It looks like they've bitten off one leg and nothing else so far. And they look up at you and say, pretzel, please. What do you want there? I got, uh, I got the sugar coated. I got peppermint bark left if you want some of that. Mommy says cheese because I am too prone to hyper sugar something. Oh, you're one of those. All right. All right. Cheese, you got it. If, if it tastes a little funny, it's just because it's been overheated slightly. So here you go. Here's a here's a nice goopy pretzel for you with dripping with cheese. You know, normal cheese is like yellow, but this is like it's special cheese. So it's got a little green in it. He takes the pretzel in one hand, bites off the other leg of the gingerbread man, looks at the pretzel. What are you doing there? You're, you're maiming the gingerbread man. So he can't run away while I'm eating him. Do they often run away? I mean, you mean inside your tummy, right? Well, 
In the story, the gingerbread man runs away. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man, and I don't want him to run away because I want to eat him, so I bite his legs. That's actually a pretty good plan. I never thought of that. It's one way to stop him. He bites off an arm, and he's chewing, and he says through a mouthful of cookie crumbs, You've been naughty. What have you heard? You've been talking to Marie again? You're on Santa's naughty list. Yeah, don't I know it. He takes a big bite out of the torso. Bad, 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 bad. Well, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. Good, that makes it worse, Mom says. And he looks up at you with these big eyes. He puts his hand, the one with the gingerbread man on it, down on the countertop. And he nods, and he turns and runs away. And you see all that's left of the gingerbread man that he just put up on the counter for you is the head. Oh, Ugh. I guess I better clean that up. And as you look at the head, you swear those little red-hot candy eyes are staring at you. And you hear... Santa Claus is coming to town. From somewhere out in the darkness. Slow, creepy. These little red eyes are staring at you. Uh, I'm going to pick up the uh, garbage bin and just with very carefully with a uh, pair of tongs, slide it off the counter and into the uh, trash can. And you're going to make me an insight roll as you're doing that. <laughs> And I like the way those beady red eyes are looking at me. Two. I rolled a two. So that goes up to two. So you go up to two. You're feeling a bit uncomfortable and disturbed. You don't like kids to begin with. And the creepy singing doesn't help coming from out of nowhere. And then just the way those eyes were looking at you, they reminded you of things you'd prefer to forget, perhaps. Yeah, it's, it looks familiar. I don't, I don't like it. I'm going to tuck the garbage bin back in its little cubby hole so I don't have to look at it. Put the garbage away. There's loud yelling and cheering and screaming all around the Santa's village. It's just getting louder. All three of you are having to deal with just these loud noises from kids who are getting all hyped up on sugar and their parents are trying to get them to leave. But no, I want to go see Santa again. Or I want to make toys. I want to pet the reindeer. All sorts of things as these kids are screaming and yelling and their parents are getting more and more exasperated and there is no peace or goodwill to anybody on earth at the moment uh, from this particular Santa's village. But finally, finally, the last parent picks up their kid who is throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of the ground and is now covered in fake snow, slung him up into a carry position, walked out towards the parking lot, gotten into their vehicle, and driven away with the song Baby Shark, but the Christmas version playing very loudly as a parent cries, driving out of this parking lot. It is now closing time. Marie waves at you, Pete, as she gets into her car. All the other elves, Mrs. Claus, all the other workers around here with deep, heavy sighs are chain-smoking, putting their coats on. You see a few uh, drinks being passed back and forth between those who aren't designated drivers, and others begin to drive away. As they drive away, another vehicle comes in through the gate. You have a gate that is usually padlocked uh, at night to prevent people from breaking in and stealing the toys or breaking things. And uh, it's a very sleek, nice vehicle, perhaps a little bit nicer than you would expect for the manager of the Santa's village, considering it is a Santa's village. But a petite woman gets out 
slicks back her hair. She's wearing a nice suit, gray, but with a red shirt and a little brooch that's in the shape of a wreath with little bells on it. And she just gives you this big, wide, fake smile, all three of you. And this is Josie, your manager. Ah, the closing shift. Good to see that you're all still here. Just one foot out the door, Josie. <laughs> Not yet, you don't. Everything needs to be cleaned up, closed off. Uh, yeah. Need to be putting things away. There won't be anyone here for at least a week, thanks to the holidays, so we need to make sure nothing's left out in the rain, everything's locked up, all that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. For whatever reason, the three of you have ended up on Josie's bad books, which is why you are the ones who were assigned closing detail on Christmas Eve. And she looks very smug as she's looking at all three of you. Yeah, I think Josie uh, caught me taking a nip, so that's why I'm on the shit list. Makes sense. She shouldn't be drinking on duty. It's a matter of opinion. Yeah, the one who pays the bills in this case. <laughs> Josie got upset that I was having all the staff compare wages and hours and make sure everyone was being treated fairly. So for trying to unionize the Santa's village? Trying to, actually, yes, yeah, slow up that. Trying to unionize the village. She definitely caught me talking, kid. They put me in the back so I don't have to talk to the kids. As we've seen, you talking to children does not go super, super well. Exactly. She looks over the three of you and then she hands you each a checklist on a board. Says, all right, so remember, if you don't do the job well, I have the right to withhold part of your paycheck for these hours that you are working this evening. So please make sure you do everything properly. Crystal clear. Under his breath, I'm like, bourgeoisie bitch. Thanks, Josie. Oh, I'm sure you'll do a wonderful job. It's not as if any of you have families to get home to on this Christmas Eve. I mean, it's it's not like you had anywhere else to be. We had to give priority to, to those with small children at home. You know. Boo. Yes, we all know your opinion on children, Peter. Lucy, Ralph, let's just get this stuff done. and We'll knock out the checklist and just get the hell out of here. A truck pulls up into the parking lot as Josie is passing out these checklists. And you see a relatively fit looking man in his 30s getting out. He's wearing a security guard's uniform. This is Jorge, uh, who is one of the uh, night security guards. Looks like he's on duty tonight. There's usually only one because you only need one for a Santa's village. And appears like he drew the short straw tonight. Poor bastard. Yeah, he waves at you all with fake cheery smile on his face. Hey, Jorge. Hey, guys. Josie. Jorge. And they just sort of glare at each other a little bit. Well, I will leave uh, the four of you to your work. And, well, I've got a family gathering to get to. I'm sure you know what that's like. No, we definitely don't. No, but I'm sure we'll hear all about it. It'll be a wonderful, wonderful time. So, if you have questions, just ask Jorge. He knows uh, where things are supposed to go. Or at least I assume you do, Jorge, after working here for four years. God, I hate her so much. <laughs> <laughs> she is the worst. Mm. Josie is the absolute worst. Well, have fun. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, etc. I'm sure you'll all be done in no time and off to your sad, lonely little apartments with your leftovers. Or perhaps your microwave turkey. Have a great time at the party. Just follow the checklist. Check it twice. And she laughs at her own little joke. And she gets in her car and drives away. Good riddance. You see Jorge kind of visibly relax. Oh, you poor bastard. 
I know, man. Like, seriously. I got kids. I mean, they're with the ex-wife. But I got kids, and I'm still working. Yeah. You'll see how, how she thinks she's better than us? This is exactly what I'm talking about. This is why we gotta unionize. She doesn't have a right to talk to us like that, but she thinks she can because she's got money, she's got family, whatever. Bullshit. Let's get our list done. Let's just get this done. Yeah. Well, what do you got, Jorge? What do we need to do here? He looks around, and then he looks slightly confused for a moment. Is Frank still here? Well, I don't know. I didn't. I have noticed. Hey, Frank, you around? His truck's still over in the corner of the parking lot. Yeah, did he fall asleep on the throne again? The porcelain throne? Uh, you could check that. I'll check his regular throne. <laughs> yeah. Well, Frank should, shouldn't be here. I mean, he doesn't have fam- family either, but he no one ever asked Santa to do the closing shift. Ho, 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 ho. He does a passable imitation of Frank's voice. Spit an image. You know, Santa's just the representation of the bourgeoisie itself. Remember that. Oh, I can't wait to take you fishing. I can't pronounce that word, Ralph. I'm trying. I'm, I'll, I'll get it eventually. You chuckles all right so if you want to find frank and maybe start doing the cleanup i notice we've got all that snow that needs taking care of and some spilled hot chocolate i mean snow it is getting a little bit colder now it's dropped to about 50 now that the sun is set and the stars are out but it's nowhere anywhere near a proper christmas winter snow type of event but he sighs and says yes the fake snow the machines will be- need to be put away. You know all about that, Lucy. You know, I guess, where to put things. The animals should have been put in their pens, the ones who aren't rented. I'm going to do my normal route. He points, making a circular motion around the village. Make sure there's nobody left, no kids hiding out, or anything we should be aware of. And then I suppose we'll all lock things up. I can clean up the hot chocolate and all that stuff, yeah. I guess I'll go take care of the animals. Yeah, I got I got the snow machines. Wonderful, 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 wonderful. This is great, guys. Great, that's uh, a weird word. That is one word for it. There's this thing called sarcasm. I've been learning about it from Lucy. You're welcome. Man, some bullshit shouldn't be working on Christmas Eve. Hey, Jorge, would you mind swinging by uh, Santa's throne there and see if he's uh, maybe just getting undressed or dressed? Or, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I'll do that first. I mean, it's weird. He's normally one of the first ones out. After I'm done with the hot chocolate, I'll go swing by and take a look at his truck, too. And he sighs very heavily, and you see him take out a pair of earbuds and plug them in, uh, and you hear some very, very loud opera metal as he ambles off in the direction of Santa's cottage. So what would the three of you like to do? You have your checklists, you have a long few hours, probably, unless you can really, really hurry, getting this place all cleaned up and locked up before you can head back to your sad little apartments as Josie mentioned. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a long uh, hitchhike uh, session tomorrow. So uh, yeah, I want to get this thing done, wrapped up. So I'm going to immediately just grab a bucket and a mop, take care of that hot chocolate spill, and then I'll amble over towards the uh, truck. Yeah, I need to uh, clean up all the, the snow machines before I can actually sweep or mop or anything. So I'm going to head off in that direction. You know, I don't believe in hard work. Like I'd rather earn more per hour. So I'm going to take my time or more, more hours of labor. Not going to save their dime. No way. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll start with the, I got to clean up my gift wrap, right? Gift wrap station, I'll do that. And then definitely try to make my way to the animals too, since someone's got to do that. So Pete, you go and you start cleaning up the spilled hot chocolate, because if it gets left with all the sticky s- fake snow and everything, it's just going to be a real mess. And there's going to be bugs everywhere and you'll get in trouble for it. That's the part I don't like is me getting in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. We can't have that. Anything that's going to delay my departure tomorrow, I don't want to monkey with that. You start clearing things up. The wind has picked up a little bit. You get the, the wind coming in through the mountains. And it's getting a bit chilly. Not freezing. Nothing like what people have to deal with in other places. Which is maybe one of the reasons why you picked California, uh, Central California to begin with. But yeah, it's a little cold. And as you're cleaning up some of the snow and this sticky, tacky nonsense on the ground, you swear you hear... Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming. Uh, hello? Santa Claus is coming. It's just picking up speed. Can I tell where it's coming from? You can give me a human roll. So roll 1d6. I rolled a 6. Ooh, okay. So with a 6, that means you're going to get something a little bit uh, extra beyond human capabilities. And you will have to make an insight roll in a moment. You look around as this song gets faster and louder. The loudspeakers are off. That's the first thing you notice. Like the speakers pumping in Christmas songs, these cheerful, non-denominational Christmas-themed songs everywhere. There's been a lot of Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé today. Yay. And you lost Whamageddon, unfortunately, this morning. But the speakers have been turned off. There's no power to them. It's not coming from those. And the song dies away just as quickly as it started. You're looking around. You feel the wind almost like wrapping around you. And you look and you see just outside Santa's cottage, there's a snowman. Jorge, is that you? What are you doing? No reply. Looks like an actual snowman with sticks for arms and a carrot nose, coal eyes, stovepipe hat. I don't remember that being there. Was this a new prop? I mean, oh, I, it's got to be Lucy. She probably made a new animatronic. I'm going to walk up to it. Santa Claus is coming. It sounds like it's coming from the snowman. I'm going to stop at the uh, base of the podium, and I'm going to look very closely at its features. I want to make sure that it doesn't have beady red eyes. So it's got coal for eyes, but the thing is, the strange thing, as you look at it and you get close into it, it's made of snow. That's not one of Lucy's. It's not an animatronic. It's not one of those fuzzy, plushy things made to look like snow. It's real snow. What the hell? Look around the side of it to see if like there's somebody hiding and singing from behind it? You go around behind it, or at least lean around to look behind it, and as you do, the head swivels with you. He knows if you've been bad. Almost like a broken record, just the stretching out of this A as the head moves with you. No, man. Fuck this. I'm going to turn around and run away. Okay, give me, give me the insight roll. I rolled a four. You're up to three. Remember to let me know when you get to five. So I'm going to hurriedly try to find one of the others to see if they can validate what I'm seeing. Let's see what they've been doing while you've been uh, getting creeped out by an actual honest-to-God snowman. So, Lucy, you went off to fix some of the machines. Where were you going in particular, and what were you going to work on? They have snow machines set up all around this, like, courtyard. So I just have to um, unplug the snow machines after I make sure they're all working. Then I can clean up the snow. So you go to unplug the snow machines, and it looks like one of them's been malfunctioning because there are clumps 
of this fake snow a foot or so in front of it and just piling up and piling up and piling up. And there's sticky splashes of hot cocoa and handprints. It looks like someone tried to make a snow angel in the fake snow at one point and ended up just scattering things everywhere. And there's dirt and grass and mud everywhere. And it looks like someone hit one of the machines maybe with a stick repeatedly because it's kind of dented. They banged it. Would you say? Yes, they did indeed. (laughs) 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. Not just the kids, the parents. I mean, the parents are just, what the fuck are they doing? Who knows? Kids these days, parents these days. Which one are you trying to fix first? The one that looks to be malfunctioning or the one that someone banged with a stick? I'm probably going to try to fix the one that someone banged with a stick. Just try to like uh, straighten out the metal. You know, if there's any dents, try to, like, pop out the dents. Make sure that they didn't actually, like, hurt the internal machinery. They only dented the outside. So give me a human role and your profession. So 2d6 because you are actively using your job. So I got a five. So with a five, that means you achieve everything you wanted to and a little bit extra. So you start working on this machine and hammering out some of the dents and making sure it's returned to proper working order because you just know that if this one isn't working, you're going to get blamed for it and it'll come out of your paycheck if they have to replace this machine. And ain't nobody got time or money for that. So you manage to restore it to proper working order and... You can barely tell that it was dented at all. It looks fantastic. Brand new. And as you fix it, give it a, a slap just to make sure everything's working. Maybe turn it on just to, to check, see if it's still running. Some snow comes poofing out. And then these small branches of green with little red berries come flying out. Uh, they must have stuck some of the plastic stuff from the trees in the machine. How the fuck did they get it in there? So the thing is, as you look at the, the holly come flying out of the snow machine, it looks kind of real. I'm going to pick some of it up and rub it between my fingers, maybe smell some of it. That's weird. You know, sometimes people buy wreaths that have real plants in them so that somebody must have brought something, thrown it in one of the machines. Totally normal. Someone brought some stuff in and some kid shoved it into the machine and gummed up the works. If you go to fix the other machine as well, the one that was clumping the snow, uh, you find more of those sprigs of holly uh, and some evergreen all blocking it up. But with that five, you're able to fix this other one very quickly as well. I'm not going to make you roll for that one. Both of them are now all in full working order for next year. (sighs) Heavy, heavy sigh. Yay. Merry Christmas. I'm going to unplug them, start to wrap the cords up and all neatly so that they don't get tangled. Then I'm going to carry the machines. We have, uh, you know, a tool shed or whatever. There's definitely a, a storage shed to, for putting all of these machines. Uh, so you can start carrying them off to the shed. And as you do, give me a human roll. I got a two. For a moment, as you're cleaning up this picnic area, which is almost up against the tree line, except there's that fence right between the the picnic area and the trees. You catch a glint of something red, you think, moving through the trees, just for just for a split second. Maybe it's Frank. Frank, you're not supposed to be here. Santa Claus is coming. Hello? Pete, are you playing a joke on me? 
It's probably just Pete. With all the whistling, he's probably got some Christmas songs in there somewhere, right? No, so it's gotta be it's gotta be Pete or I know Ralph is around, he likes to wear red. He is wearing a red elf's costume today, so maybe it's just Ralph. Right, right. So you carry the machines off to the tool shed and we'll leave you there wondering for a moment if that was Ralph or Pete or Frank. We're not really sure. Yeah, I just want to go home. So, Ralph, you went to clean up your gift station, and it's just a disaster. The last few kids that came through wanted to cut things themselves, which is always a mess, but management wants you to, to let them as long as they're properly supervised, because how else are they going to learn? And kids are tactile. They like to be hands-on. We have to let our guests do what they need to do. <sighs> There's paper everywhere. I think they'd supply me with a broom, but no. So I'll start picking up all the little scraps by hand, like I always do. Piece by piece. At least the Christmas music isn't playing anymore. The soulless, empty, musical notes of capitalism playing over the speakers. If you have to hear simply having a wonderful Christmas time one more time... <laughs> I swear I'll break that radio. All I want for Christmas is to go home. Oh, shitty night. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're clearing all this stuff up, and I'd like a human roll from you. So 1d6. Four. So you're clearing things up. It's not that difficult to do uh, on this particular night. The wind is actually helping a little bit because it's moving pieces for you. Uh, so you can just grab them and put them into your bag instead of having them trampled into the ground and having to pull them out. But as you are pulling these pieces of paper out, putting them in your bag, you smell smoke. Does it smell like it's coming from inside the little gift wrapping tent or outside? You think it's coming from outside with that four poke my head out and <laughs> sniff the air. It smells really heavy, but you can't see any smoke anywhere. The way the, the smoke is pressing down on you, almost enveloping you, the scent, the smell, you should be able to see it. You, know, you, you live in this area. You know what the wildfire season is like. You've had to go out with, with a filtration mask on before to, to deal with the toxic smoke fumes and everything. This is heavy, but you can't see it. Jorge? Jorge, is there a fire? Santa Claus is coming. Kid from earlier? You hear a giggle. Yo, you should be home. He knows if you've been bad or good. And you've been very bad. I'm gonna walk toward the sound. So give me another human roll to see if you can pinpoint where it's coming from. One. Can I interest you in pushing the roll? Yes. In Cthulhu Dark, when you push a roll, you can re-roll with your insight die. And if your insight die is the highest number, then uh, things have the potential to go very bad. I got a three. Three on your on your insight or was it on your human? Oh, on my insight. And then I re-roll the human as well, right? Yes, you re-roll the human. The humans are four. Okay, so it's not the highest. That's good. Yes, that's good. <laughs> so you're looking around trying to figure out where the sound is coming from. And to you, it sounds like it's coming from Santa's cottage. Frank? God, what the fuck? Maybe it's his ringtone. Yeah, maybe it's his ringtone. I don't know. I'll head over toward Frank's cottage. You head towards Frank's cottage and the wind blows the scent of the smoke away. But you still have the hint of it in your nostrils and in your throat. Your eyes are stinging just a little bit from smoke that wasn't there. And that's when you run into Pete. Almost literally run into Pete, because he's panicking. Pete! Oh, jeez, jeez. Uh, you, you okay, buddy? You look a little freaked out. You're kind of yellow. 
I like, I don't know. Do you smell the smoke? No, no, no. But listen, uh, is Lucy, she's fixing those uh, snow machine things, right? Yeah, I think so. Do they actually make snow? Like real snow? It's like frozen ice that's meant to look like, it's not really snow, but it's like the closest we can get out here in Los Gatos. Okay. Okay. So it's probably, okay. Ne- never mind then. She probably <laughs> just made a snowman. Lucy hates Christmas. Why would Lucy make a snowman? Look, so you don't, you don't smell smoke. Do you hear singing coming from Santa's hut? Is that a human roll? Yep. I rolled a four. With the four, you hear the singing again, but this time it sounds like it's coming from all around you. Yeah, I hear it, Ralph. It's just, it's everywhere, man. Weaving its way between the wind. Is somebody using one of those Google minis? I don't know. I saw this kid earlier. He kind of gave me the creeps. He was like singing this song and I keep hearing this song. Okay, so it's a kid then. Oh, oh God, Josie said we got to make sure no kids are hiding around. I know, and I think I think the kid might be here. Now we got to track this thing down. Ralph, you're looking around and looking for where this song might be coming from. You don't see a snowman. I think it melted, bro. What? I'll take a look. It's not there. What the hell? Well, Lucy said she was going to clean the snow machine. Maybe she's probably just cleaning up all the snow, you know? I blame Lucy. Probably playing a prank on us. Mm-hmm. She's been playing this the entire year. Across the Santa's village, Lucy feels annoyed for a reason she cannot understand. <laughs> Maybe we should go check on uh, check on Frank. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was going to check his truck, uh, make sure he didn't like fall asleep again. Like that one time, uh, you know. I was going to go to the shack. Yeah, you check the shack. I'll check the truck. Two birds, one stone. If you smell smoke, like let me know, because I swear there's something on the air. Sure, sure. I'll keep an eye out or uh, nose out. Pete, you're going to the truck. Are you going to Santa's cottage then, Ralph? Yeah. Uh, Lucy, you finished moving these couple snow machines into the shed. What was your your plan next? Uh, I got to take out, you know, the shed has a push broom in it. They won't fucking give us a leaf blower, so we have to sweep up all the snow. Which takes forever. And it's sticky, and uh, it's just, I hate it so much. That's why I don't have a broom, because... The broom's used for the snow. And it's all sticky. You wouldn't want to use it anyway. Completely useless. Absolutely useless for anything, but it's all you got, so it's what you use. So you come out with the broom, and you start sweeping up the snow. It's getting really dark. The lights are dim. There are the the electric lights that are set up around, and there's some of these Christmas lights that are still on for some extra visibility, but it feels dimmer somehow, almost like the one time you went to the Victorian Christmas Village, where everything was Charles Dickens themed, and the lights were really low to mimic the gas lights, and all. it feels kind of like that. Everything was covered in smoke. Smoke and smog, and, and the wind is blowing. It doesn't smell like smoke here. It You can't figure out where this kind of griminess could be coming from, but it's very uncomfortable. Some kind of weather or something? It's gross it makes you feel clammy your skin feels cold and clammy as you go outside and it can't be any colder than 50 though the wind makes it feel a little bit chillier it's like a jack the ripper movie the atmosphere out here you know i'm wearing one of those stupid elf costumes so i'm gonna like pull up the elf costume and like run my neck and try to get this done as fast as possible so you start sweeping up and As you do, one of the animatronic reindeer that does the grazing and looks up and moves its head and then grazes, quote-unquote, turns its head and looks at you. And it shouldn't be doing that because the power's off to the animatronics now. And its eyes open and they are bright red. 
Oh, no, that's, that's not normal. No, I do not like that. Someone's been naughty. And you hear that human voice coming from the reindeer. What the fuck? I think that's an insight roll. <laughs> Just maybe an insight roll for you. That is a one. You keep it together. It's unsettling, but maybe someone's put a little voice box inside. Maybe there's a battery. Someone's playing a prank on you. You know what? It's got to be Ralph because I told him that no one cares and he's really pissed off at me. So I'm sure it's him. And the red nose and the red eyes and all of that. Yeah, it. all the clues are there, Mr. Police. All the clues. It's so him. Ralph, what are you fucking doing? Ralph, you can give me a human roll to see if you hear your name being yelled before you go into Santa's cottage. Uh, three. Okay, so with a three, you do hear what sounds like your name from somewhere. It's like, Ralph! Ralph! It's, I think, like, not being able to really determine where it's coming from. I'm just going to keep going to the shack. We'll switch over to Pete for the moment, because Pete was going towards the truck. So the wind is picking up even further. At this point, you can start to hear the chain that gets put across the, the gate when everyone's done and Jorge locks up. It rattles a little bit. There's a clink, clink, clink sound. And you can hear the trees surrounding three quarters of the Santa's village rustling. And you can hear sounds like owls being very, very loud. The stars are bright, but the moon is kind of cold and dim. It's giving off very little light for you to see. But you can make your way into the parking lot. You see Jorge's pickup truck, the two vehicles belonging to your colleagues. They're kind of beaten up and old and not very well kept. It's very hard to do on a Santa's Village salary, to be completely honest. But you also see Frank's pickup in the far back corner where he likes to park so that it's out of the way. He doesn't want the kids to see him out of costume in case anyone shows up early. Uh, so he always parks in the far back corner where he can slip around the back to get to the Santa's cottage and change into his costume. And the truck is just sitting there in the dark. Frank, you, you in there, buddy? You fall asleep again? We got some stuff to clean up. Come on, man. And I'll keep approaching. I'm going to look inside the cab. You don't hear any response. No one replies to you. And... You look inside, and you can give me a human roll. I rolled a five. This truck is extremely empty. It is clean. There are no coffee cups, no pieces of paper that have been stuck in between the seats in the console. Nothing's on the ground. Not even tree leaves or branches in the flatbed. It's pristine. That's weird. I don't remember Frank getting a new truck. It looks like his old truck, but... I'm going to make sure that it is Frank's truck. I'm going to go around to the uh, glove box and pop it open just to see his registration, make sure it is Frank's. So are you breaking into the car? I mean, if it's unlocked, you know, is that technically? I mean, technically it is, but, you know, I'm just going to see if it, if it's unlocked, then I'll, I'll open it up. Yeah. With a five, I'll say it's unlocked for you. It seems cruel with a five not to. Frank can be a little forgetful sometimes, so he he remembered to lock the driver's side door, but not the passenger door. And so you open the passenger door, you rifle through the glove box, or at least you would rifle through the glove box if there was anything in it. Completely empty. It looks like Frank's truck. You've seen it before. You've seen him drive this every day for the past month and a half, but there's nothing in it. Everything's gone, just like Frank. Huh. I'll shut the passenger door and start heading back towards where I know Ralph is uh, looking for Frank. Ralph, you are heading into the Santa's cottage. You open the door and you have to fumble around for the light switch because the lights got turned off on all the indoor spaces right when everybody left. You see there is a roaring fireplace 
quote unquote, it's a fake fire, <laughs> one of those electric fires with fake wood in it and everything. Uh, and when you turn the light on, it makes the light in the fireplace come on as well to make it look like it's an actual fire. There is a massive Christmas tree off to your right that has presents, these big empty boxes that have been wrapped and you had to do the wrapping so you know they're empty, piled up around it. Slightly off to the left is the throne, as Pete calls it, that Santa sits on, this beautiful ornate carved wooden chair. Most expensive thing in the place. There's a little podium where the one of the elves would stand to take the tickets from the parents or the children before they go get a picture with Santa. A place where you can see a tripod would be set up to take the picture. And there's little animatronic reindeer and elves and Christmas lights and all sorts of things everywhere. And it is empty. There is nobody in here, as far as you can tell. Frank? Weird kid? Keep looking around. Did you close the door behind you? Did you leave the door open? I left the door open. You all three here at the same time. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. And all of a sudden, it starts to snow. What the holy hell? There is a light patter of snow coming down around you. Very gentle. You can feel it landing on your skull, sliding down your face, carpeting the ground. But the weird part of that is, for you, Lucy, and for you, Pete, because you are actively outside, all around the Santa's village, it's a blizzard. The snow is coming down so thick and fast outside the village that you cannot see more than branches from the closest trees. But only some snowflakes are drifting down on you. And this is not normal weather. Not for California. And it shouldn't be blizzarding all around you in a circle and barely gently snowing where you are. So I think I would like insight rolls as this strange weather pattern begins. Oh, I rolled a six. I got a six. Uh, I got a one. Because it's a Christmas fucking miracle. The two of you who got sixes, you go up by one. So you're at four now, I believe, Pete. I have a house rule when it comes to Cthulhu Dark, and Danny is very familiar with this role at this point, which is that if you roll a six on your insight die, you get something even extra beyond that, and you have you will have to roll your insight again. It doesn't stack, so even if you roll another six. You first, Ralph. When the snow hits your back, that's being blown in through the door, you turn, you look at the door, you see the snow, it's, it's freaky. This is weird. You've lived here long enough to know this doesn't happen. And you see the blizzard beyond, which is even weirder. It makes you uncomfortable. And then you turn back, because it's cold and the snow's in your face. The room has reversed itself. The Christmas tree is now on your left. Santa's throne is now on your right. The fireplace, instead of being slightly offset to the right, is now offset to the left. The reindeer that were on the right side are now on the left side of the room, and the elves that were on the left are now on the right. The whole room has flipped itself in that split second when you turned away and turned back. What the f- I'm gonna sit down, like, just right where I'm standing. My face in my hands, and then kind of rub my eyes a little bit, then open them. It's still reversed. You're going to make me that second insight roll as you realize the world has flipped itself. Slap my face. I'm like, am I asleep? Am I asleep? I'm not asleep. Uh, I got a six. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't stack, so you're not going to have to do it again. However, you are up to three now. Wow. It would be way too evil of me to make them stack. Pete, 
you're outside near the truck, which is parked in the back, right? So you've got the trees that you can see in front of you. Or at least you can see some branches of the trees. And you look out into the blizzard. Your head is swimming. You're trying to make sense of these weather patterns. You're cold. You're unsure what's happening. And you see a figure out in the snow. It's crimson. These robes down to the ground. You see what looks like a splatter of... Is that blood? On the snow in front of it. The snow is already piling up, piling up, piling up. But the blood is there. And you see this figure has its hands clasped in front of it. You can't see through the robes. There's these massive antlers stretching out from what you think is its head. But there's no face. Just this empty, soulless void through this red hood trimmed with white. And I'd like that second insight from you, please. Four. So you stay at four. This is weird. But when you blink your eyes, it's gone. Surely you're just hallucinating. Was that Frank? He had the robes. I don't know. I must have had too much of that vodka. All right. Gotta go find Ralph. So you head back into the Santa's village. The snow is coming a little bit harder inside the village. It's stinging your eyes a little bit. Your nose is now actually rosy red, the way they achieve that effect with makeup on Santa and Mrs. Claus, but it's real for you now because of the cold. Snow piling up on the fake ears, like weighing them down slightly. (laughs) (laughs) It would be kind of cute if you weren't so freaked out by now. As you go back into the village, Pete, you realize it's reversed. And Lucy, you're seeing this too, now that you've adapted to the snow in your eyes. The park where the picnic benches are should be on your left as you're coming out of the shed. It's now on your right. And Pete, your pretzel stand, which should be on the right, is now on your left. Everything has flipped. It's like you're looking in a mirror. It's like some Twilight Zone shit. Yeah, you see Pete coming into the village since you're also heading out as well, Lucy. Luce, where you been? I was just sweeping out the snow in the courtyard. This isn't you, right? The snow? I mean, maybe something went haywire? How could it be me? Thought maybe something went crazy and you lost control of the snow machine. I don't know. Nah, I mean, some of the kids fucked up some of the machines, but I fixed them. Where's Frank and Ralph? Did you find any of those guys? I mean, did they swap things around in here? Yeah, everything seems backwards to me. Let me just check one thing, okay? I'm going to run quickly to the pretzel stand, throw myself over the counter, and reach underneath and grab the where I know the vodka bottle should be. The vodka bottle's not on that side. Pull myself a little bit further over so I can see underneath the counter. It's on the other side. Well, at least it's still here. I'll grab it, come back over, walk up to Lucy, take a swig, hand it to her. Take a swig. What the hell's going on, Luce? I don't know. I've been seeing some weird shit. Like a guy with antlers? A guy with antlers? No, I saw a deer with antlers, and I thought it was you guys. You were singing that song at me. No, I whistle. I don't sing. Santa Claus is coming to town or something? Or... No, that's Mariah Carey. Where the hell's Ralph? Ralph! Ralph, you can hear that your name is being called because you do have the door open. The door hasn't closed. You still have snow drifting in and now it's melting in a puddle around you where you're sitting. But everything is flipped and you can't make sense of it. Your mind does not know how to cope with this sudden reversal with the weather, with everything. And then the fire in the fireplace begins to crackle. You can hear the actual crackling. You start to smell the smoke of... A wood fire burning in the fireplace. Frank! Jorge, uh, there's a fire! I think I'm gonna run out of the building. I can't, I just can't handle the fire. 
So you run out of the building and almost collide again <laughs> with Pete as he's standing talking to Lucy outside. Pete, there's a fire and everything's backwards. Yeah, well, you noticed the backwards thing. That's weird. Where, where the hell's Jorge? I don't know. I haven't seen him or Frank or, or the weird kid. We'll work with you. Let's try it again. Jorge! I think he's trapped in the fire. What? Calm down. Take a breath here. Some vodka. Yeah, fuck yeah. Mm. Oh, you have a chaser. I hate vodka. <laughs> Eat some snow. Not the yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. That, that helped. I was looking for Frank, and then the, the everything switched. It started snowing, and then the fire came on, and then I thought it was burning down. I was smelling smoke earlier. And the, the singing. Do you all hear the singing from the weird kid from earlier? The, the, the creepy one? Santa Claus is coming to town. Mariah Carey. No, there was a kid singing it earlier, and it gave me the creeps, and I keep hearing it. One of the animatronics was singing it. We don't have singing animatronics. Maybe it was Jorge. Maybe. Is Jorge fucking with us? Oh, did Josie put him up to it? Jorge wouldn't do it if Josie asked. No. Does she know how to do this stuff? What a fucking bitch. She's like eating turkey or whatever. More like tofurkey. She doesn't give a shit about us. No one gives a shit about us. We are the proletariat. Don't forget it. Guys, do you think we maybe should just, like... Get the hell out of here. This is a little too weird even for me. Did you see the storm? Well, yeah, but my motel is just next door. I need this paycheck, dude. We have a vending machine. For paychecks? (laughs) (laughs) Vending machine for paychecks. (laughs) If only. Well, how come you didn't tell us about that sooner? (laughs) (laughs) We never had to work in the first place. Yeah. We just kicked the vending machine. No, no, Louis, you got got a point. I know. I'm I'm just, I'm kind of freaked out here. I mean, my insight's at four. I'm just really freaked (laughs) out right now. (laughs) Has anyone seen Frank or Jorge? No, I think I saw baby Frank on the outside of the fence. Uh, I saw some guy in a robe. That's actual snow, right? Yeah, it tastes like snow. Stick out my tongue and... Make sure it tastes like snow. It does. If it's cold up in the atmosphere or whatever, and it's warm down here, it can still snow. Oh, yeah. Loose being all pragmatic. Yeah, it's fine. Should we see The Day After Tomorrow, that movie? This is like that. Did you guys finish your stuff? More or less. Barely even cleaned the wrapping paper before I started getting, I don't know, a little wild goose chase here. The snow is covering all the hot chocolate, so we're good. I gotta go bleed all the lines from the animatronics. You've still got to clear up the animatronics, Lucy. And make sure everything, especially the outdoor ones, are put away. Especially if it's snowing, because that'll really damage them. The other two, you still have at least half a checklist left to get through. Although, Pete may not care too much. <laughs> I'm going to focus mostly on just shutting down the uh, the pretzel stand. Making sure everything's put away properly and all that. But uh, if there's any stains out front, you know, the snow will take care of that. Could somebody help me bring in the deer? They're pretty heavy. Oh, did you check on the real animals yet there, Ralph? Oh, yeah, I was going to do that. Well, why don't you do that and I'll help out loose. I'll do some heavy lifting for her. Santa's shack isn't on fire, right? Do we smell smoke? No. No, d- dude, I don't know what you're... You've been hitting that reefer. They call it reefer now, right? That's what the word is? Yeah, that's what the kids call it. I don't smoke. That's not... That wasn't me. I don't see flames. I don't smell smoke. Forget it, all right? I'm going to go look at the animals or whatever. Pete, are you helping Lucy with the uh, animatronic animals? Absolutely. Yep. Sooner the better. So you go to help with the start with the reindeer, the creepy reindeer that she says had maybe a voice box or something in it. And you catch a glimpse in the trees, Pete, of this figure in red. Just just a quick glimpse of it, almost like it's moving through the blizzard. It's the only thing you can see out there now. Even the trees aren't visible through how thick and heavy this snow is. Uh, Lucy, you seeing this? This is dude. Is there someone out there? Look through the snow. He's, he's, he's wearing red robes. Do I see anything? 
Are you looking specifically for it? Yeah, yeah, I will. Lucy, you look out, peering into the blizzard, and you only see it because Pete has pointed it out to you at this point, which I love it when people see creepy things and then say, hey, come look at the creepy thing to everybody else. It's going to freak you out. (laughs) And you see this figure in these red robes with what looks like blood pooling around it and these massive antlers and this empty void of a face. But you swear it's looking back at you, specifically at you. What is that? Insight roll as as it's creepily looking at you. Oh, I got a five. So my insight goes up. I'm up to three. Pete is standing there holding an animatronic reindeer. And Lucy, you're in kind of shock as you're looking at this thing. And you can feel it looking back at you with eyes that aren't there. And I'm going to yell at it. Dude, what the what the fuck? We're just trying to get a job done here. There's no no one's supposed to be here right now. Just go away. You see the arm raise Ghost of Christmas yet to come style and point at you. It's rude to point. Fucker. The ear pointing at you. See how you like that. And it just stands there in the snow, blizzard whipping around it, but its robes don't move. And the antlers aren't gaining any snow either it's not building up between the points it's almost as if the blizzard doesn't affect it at all pete let's get the fuck out of here now you're singing my tune yeah i'm gonna drop the reindeer (laughs) clang don't drop it don't fucking drop it oh i thought we were going going no no we're putting them we're putting away that reindeer and i'm grabbing the other reindeer and then yeah fine Lucy, you pick up the other reindeer and you feel a little nuzzle at your ear. It feels like a wet nose, like a cat's wet nose almost nuzzling your ear. And then you hear, why do you break us? I'm going to look in the direction that I feel the nuzzle. You're looking directly into the other animatronic reindeer's face. Hi, reindeer. Pete, Lucy is now talking to the reindeer. Uh, Lucy, you okay? You're freaking me out here. Maybe that vodka wasn't such a good idea. Let's get out of here. Leave the reindeer. That's what I said. Great. Clang. <laughs> yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Leave the reindeer, take the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So we'll change cameras for the moment over to Ralph, who is going to the petting zoo area to check on the animals. So some of the animals are brought in every morning for the zoo from a nearby farm. You get alpacas and and things like that, and they've been taken home at this point. But there are some of the reindeer, which are just deer that have antlers attached to their heads uh, in time for the kids to come see, and some little goats and things like that. And they're kept on site. Someone comes in every morning and every evening to check in on them. The evening crew this time, it's you guys making sure that they're safe and fed and have water and everything. So you open the petting zoo shed where they're kept overnight and you get hit with the scent of animal, that musky scent from goats and deer and and things in here. You hear bleeding from the goats and then you get hit with the scent of copper, heavy and rich in the air and the snows swirling around it. You can almost visualize the scent, the way the snow is drifting around you and in front of you. And that's because in front of you, you see this massive reindeer kneeling on the ground. Its antlers are spread out so far that it touches the pens on each side. If this thing was standing, it would probably be a good 15 feet tall. And the first thing that strikes you is that's odd because reindeer lose their antlers. 
usually in the winter. The second thing is the body that is impaled on the antlers. So you see an arm sagging down towards this thing's face in a security guard's blue uniform. It's Jorge. And you see Jorge's head slump towards you and the reindeer bellows. So I'd like an insight roll from you first before you react to anything. Five. Five. All right, so what are you up to? I am now at four. Ralph, these are just the workers seizing the means of production. Seizing the meat of production at this point. Ooh. <laughs> How do you respond? You see this massive reindeer. You hear the scrabbling of the goats and the deer that maybe are trying to pull back, get away. And this thing is looking at you with Jorge's blood dripping down its antlers towards its face. I'm going to run the fuck away. With a little scream. You're all going to like likely hear this. I'm just like, top of my lungs, just... <laughs> You back up slightly, and this thing opens its mouth. This reindeer says, Why did you leave me, Ralph? I'm going to stop running and just slowly turn around. The voice coming from this reindeer is one you recognize. Tommy? You shouldn't have done it. It's your fault. I was scared, okay? I didn't mean to. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And this thing just starts repeating, it's your fault, in your cousin's voice, over and over and over. It's not my fault. I just, I didn't want to get caught. It wasn't my fault. I didn't know you were in there. Your fault. Your fault. And then you start to hear as this thing is repeating your fault, and it's looking at you with these intense human eyes. In between the words, weaving their way through, you hear, and they're swirling around in your head now like a storm. This can't be real. This can't be real. At this point, I'm going to turn and run. So the other two of you suddenly hear a scream coming from over near the petting zoo. And a few moments later, you see Ralph running through the snow in absolute terror and panic. Ralph, buddy, calm down. What's going on? No, we gotta go. We gotta go. We just gotta go. I'm going to keep running like past them and try to get to the parking lot. Okay, let's go. Finally, everybody's on the same page as I am. Let's go. Shut up, Beat. So you all take off towards the parking lot? Yep, we'll follow Ralph to his car. I'm running, like, full speed. All right, Ralph is running hell-bent for leather at this point towards his car, and the snow is still about the same rate it was before, but the blizzard outside has turned into a complete whiteout. Ralph, Ralph, buddy, uh, I don't think you should get behind the wheel, uh... We can't stay here. This is getting worse, man. Open up the door of my car and shut it, panicking, looking. Obviously can't drive, but I don't want to leave my car. I'm going to open Pastor's side door of his car and just like sit in the car. <laughs> Let's just wait this out because we can't drive through that. But there was, there was a really big reindeer. We don't have reindeer. No, no, this was, it wasn't, I think Jorge's dead. Dead? What? This reindeer, fuck, it skewered him apart. I saw his head and his arms and it- Oh my god. The animals were all freaking out. It was- I heard some weird shit. It, you been popping pills again, buddy? No. The only thing I've had today is that shot of vodka you gave me. I heard some weird shit too. You said you heard some weird shit, Pete. And I saw that dude. You saw the dude too. Are you taking pills? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, a couple pills, you know, here and there, but, you know, nothing like life-altering. So we'll just come down or whatever. We'll, we'll stay here. Let's stay here. What if we try to call Josie, see if uh, maybe she can send somebody? I'm going to whip out my cell phone and try to get Josie on the horn. You pull out your cell phone and you dial Josie and you hear, He knows if you've been bad or 
Pietro. Uh, who is this? You know what you did. It was my fault. He pissed me off. I'm going to hang up. You hang up and you still hear just for a split second. Why did you leave me? Was it my fault? You bitch. Don't call me pee-pee. I'm going to throw my phone out the window. I have never called you that, but now I'm going to. <laughs> pee-pee. I'm going to fold my arms across my chest and just sit back sullenly in the back seat. I think I need to do an insight roll, don't I? Yeah. A one. So it freaked you out, but there's been things that have freaked you out more. And maybe it's just your own guilt talking to you. You couldn't get through on the phone and you're expecting to hear something. So what you heard was your own conscience speaking back to you. That's it. Maybe or somebody knows and they're just toying with me. What are you grumbling back there? No, nothing. We Guys, we, we got to get some help. Can you guys raise anybody on your phones? Or we got to head back to the office and try there? Try calling... AAA. I don't know AAA. Money bags. Wait, are you earning more than us? Uh, maybe. I mean, pretzels are pretty lucrative. <laughs> lucrative pretzels. <laughs> lucrative pretzels. Uh, what's in those pretzels? I'm going to try calling a friend on the, that I was going to probably have dinner with. So you call your one single solitary solo friend. What's your friend's name? Mark. So you go to call Mark and you hear on the phone, So be good for goodness sake. Mark? Why do you hurt us? We can feel. You break us. Who is this? You break us every night. Why do you do that? I don't know who you are. I'm going to hang up. So I guess you lost your one friend, huh? Yeah, apparently I did. You turned into a reindeer. That feels like a rule for me. Ralph like looks at his pockets and realizes that he left his phone back in the wrapping shack. How'd you do on that insight roll there, Lucy? I rolled four, so I went up. What's everyone's insight at currently? Is everybody at four? Four. I'm at four. 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 Fantastic. The blizzard is now so strong as you're looking through your car windows that you can't even tell it's snowing anymore. You can't individuate streams of snowflakes because it is so thick and heavy. What the fuck is going on, guys? Should we try to get back to the office and use the landline? This is from climate change. It's the only explanation. Yeah, it's because the bourgeoisie are causing it, whatever. They fucking are. It's all connected. At least start the car so we can get some heat in here, man. Yeah, good idea. I'll try starting the car. You turn on the engine and it burns into flame. Get out! Get out! I immediately leave and run for the wrapping paper station. I'm following him. I'm going to head to the office where I know there's a landline and try to raise some help. You all hear me yell at. It wasn't my fault! I didn't know you were there! I think a car suddenly bursting into flame is insight roll worthy. Damn it! I got a five. I got a two. I got a one. I'm good. So it makes it makes sense that Ralph is the one whose insight goes up. Yeah, I'm kind of losing it. Apparently, I am okay with cars bursting into flame. You like fire. It's fine. You fantasized about setting fire to this place anyway. Yes. Ralph, remember now that you're at five insight, you can try to reduce your insight at some point by destroying evidence. That is up to you whether you would like to do so and how you would like to do so, but that is a possibility now that you are at five. Pete, you go running to the office, which is in the very back part near the petting zoo. It's festively decorated with lots of lights and, and a Christmas tree out front to hide what it is that it's an office. Uh, it's just a small one-story building. Not a whole lot inside. You've been in there a few times to punch your time card and, and all of that, but that's all you do in there. It takes you a moment to reorient yourself because instead of being on the left side at the back, it's now on the right side. So you run where you think it is and run smack dab into the toilets instead. And you have to go around and go back to where the office is now. And they're all sparkly clean, by the way. I was going to say, before I leave, I'm going to, hey, Lucy does a good job. 
<laughs> it is very clean. Very, very, very painstakingly clean through gritted teeth. So you make your way to the office and it's locked. If you'd like to break in, you can give me a human roll. And I'm going to bolster that with a insight. Okay, so you can add your insight. Both are threes. You can push the roll. I'm going to go ahead and re-roll, yeah. Okay, uh, I rolled a four on my insight. That's the highest. That's the highest? But that's an equal. So I, I can re-roll again, right? Yeah, you can roll as many times as you would like. That sucks, two and one. <laughs> okay, I did roll a five on my insight. That's my highest, and I'll take that. So you do manage to break the door open. You've got a, a hairpin one of the kids' moms dropped somewhere that you can just kind of finagle with it. And it takes you a couple minutes because you're desperate, you're freaked out, you're scared, you're stressed. I'm cold. And you are also cold. You don't have gloves or anything with you, so it takes you a few minutes to fumble around with this, but you manage to get the door open. You go inside and you see the time clock uh, where you punch your card off to the right. There's bathrooms that would be normally off to the right that are now off to the left. And there's the main office with the secretary's desk and a coat rack. And there's something hanging off the coat rack. And it looks like the red robes of a Santa Claus. But you see what looks like rubber, fleshy hands hanging out of it. And it's hanging from, not the hood, what looks like a head. And you see the empty, rubbery face of what used to be Frank. And you're going to make that insight roll for me. Well, damn. I rolled a five, so equal to. So remember, you can destroy evidence, which is a good thing. Yes, I intend to do that because I don't want Lucy or Ralph to see this. It's only going to freak them out further. So you see this flesh suit hanging off of the coat rack. And the thing is, it looks like the Santa suit and the skin are all one suit. It's not like there's clothing over a flesh suit. It is all one piece. Very gingerly remove it from the coat hook and then find a filing cabinet drawer. And if there's anything in it, I'm going to remove the files and put this into the drawer and shut it very slowly. So you're hiding it. You're not quite destroying it. So you take all the files out. They look like employee files and you set them on the desk. The flesh suit feels uncomfortably like skin, but it's kind of rubbery at the same time, this strange texture, but you can feel the little hairs on the skin. It makes your skin crawl and it's like chills running up and down your spine. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Ugh. As you wad up this skin suit and drop it into this drawer and slam it shut. And lock. We'll leave you there for the moment with your Santa skin suit and uh, switch back over to the gift wrapping stand. Ralph, you've run off towards the gift wrapping stand. You've got the fire blazing behind you. You can both see better now because of the fire behind you casting some light <laughs> ahead of you, which is small comfort, especially for you, Ralph. But you hear the relentless voice in your head now, Ralph, saying, You left me. You turned it off. I didn't have to die. I didn't know you were there. You didn't know, but you didn't look. Ralph, who are you talking to? I, I, are you not hearing that? Hear what? Nothing. Where's my phone? Find my phone. Looking around the stand for my phone, trying to ignore the voice. Okay, give me a human roll to find your phone. Uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> so you're frantically looking around for your phone. You managed to find it under some of the wrapping paper that you'd pulled off the ground and set down on the table. You hadn't had time to bag it up yet because you were suddenly distracted by 
other things like screaming and smoke and fire. A lot. It was a lot. As you grab your phone, you see on the screen your cousin's face and it suddenly appears to burst into flame and you see the flesh beginning to melt off of his face and he is screaming in terror. So give me that uh, insight roll. Just don't roll a six. Three. So you are holding on to your sanity, barely, and the image disappears, but you are shattered, you are shaking, everything is going wrong, and you cannot seem to escape the voice in your head. Lucy, you see him drop his phone like it's on fire. Someone knows. Someone knows what? They're fucking with me. Never mind. We gotta find Pete. I thought it was right behind me. Where did he go? I don't know. Lucy, you see a flash of red in the snow. Uh, we gotta go. Come on. Let's go this way. And I point the other way. <laughs> Why do you hurt us, Lucy? You can't feel. You're not alive. Go away. What? Yes, I am. Uh, not you. Where the fuck did Pete go? Where the fuck is Pete? Pete! So, Pete, you can give me a human roll to see if you hear them calling your name. One. Can't hear anything. Nope. I'm too intent on uh, trying to get the... Uh... The phone line to go. Just where can we go that's safe? What's the safest place here? Somewhere we can hide. There's a bunch of boxes that I wrapped that are empty. Big boxes under the tree. We can hide in those. In boxes? I'm going to run to Santa's workshop and like grab Lucy's arm. Just try to pull you with me. I'll go with him. Yeah, let's go to the workshop. And as you run into the workshop, Lucy, every single animatronic in here turns its head and stares at you. Every single one of them. The f- Fuck, stop looking at me, you assholes. You see one of the elves, the one you were trying to repair earlier, appears to be crying oil tears leaking down its face. Why do you hurt us? Because you creep me out. Fucking creep me out. Like, I don't, why do I weird you out? I've been nothing but nice to Not you. Not you. You're fine. The animatronics, look at them. Look at them. They're all looking at me. Lucy, are they a little bit closer now? And they're moving! They're coming towards me! I think it's an insight roll. That's a two. You've been primed to expect the animatronics are going to be speaking to you because it's happened a couple times. And so now you're just freaked out and you just want to be done with all of this. And if he doesn't see them moving, maybe they're not actually moving. Come on, let's go back here. We just gotta hide loose. The reindeer's coming, I know it. I don't know where to go. What do we do? Is there anywhere to hide in here that's like a cabinet? Give me a human roll. See what you find. They're getting a little bit closer, Lucy. You're not real. I got a one. Would you like to push the roll, Danny? Yeah. I got a six and a three on the insight. But you still rolled a six. I did. You do find a cabinet. There's a bunch of cabinets set all around. Most of them are decorative, but a few of them actually open so that you can put supplies and where Lucy can keep extra tools and things so that when one of the animatronics breaks down, she can fix it. But when you open the cabinet, you see a burning house. It's like you're looking through a window. It's like you're standing outside in the cold, looking up at the house, You hear sirens in the distance. You're shivering. You're shaking. There's a cigarette that you've dropped in your haste that you are hurriedly trying to scuff out and hide under something. Anything. A rock. Some branches. Some bushes. Anything. And then you hear a cry. And you look up to that second story window. And you see someone frantically banging on the window as if they're trying to break it. And you hear them screaming. I didn't know you were there. I didn't know you were there! What? What? 
Oh, there's a cabinet. Let's go. And I try to jump into the cabinet. So I'll take that insight roll from you, Danny. It's a five. You're clinging on for dear life. You shake your head. It's still there. You can still see him screaming at the window, desperately trying to break it. And you feel like he's looking down at you, this scared 15-year-old, too terrified to try to even run back into the building to help. You feel him looking down at you, and you see his hair catch on fire, and his clothes. And then you're looking at a cabinet. Sobbing and looking at Lucy. I'm gonna, like, pull him into the cabinet and try to close it behind us. Do you let yourself be pulled into the cabinet? Yeah. So we'll leave you there for the moment in this cabinet with some perhaps slowly advancing animatronics. These little elves, the reindeer, and the penguins. The penguins are the worst with their little beaks and their beady little eyes. Have you seen? They have teeth inside their beaks. Surely the animatronic ones don't. So we'll leave you two there for the moment and check in on Pete. So Pete, you have stuffed the Santa skin suit into a drawer. Out of sight, out of mind. But you are freaked out. You are panicked. Something has happened to Frank. I gotta get the cops. Uh, no, wait, I can't get the cops. Um, anonymous phone call. Yeah, anonymous. I can, I can call anonymously. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so I will try to get the landline to work. If it's a landline with punch buttons or dial, are they reversed? Yes, they are. And I'm going to just very carefully, okay, the nine's over here. One, one. He knows if you've been bad. Emergency services? They never found me, Pietro. Wouldn't even let mom have a body. You, you, you made fun of me. All those times, I, I didn't mean to. It was, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I guess. Are you? you? You had what's coming to you. It was your fault, really. You're not sorry. I got a good thing going. You're not going to fuck it up with me, okay? I'm not going to fuck up your life. I'm dead. And you should stay dead. Fuck you. Told you not to call me pee-pee. I'm going to hang up. With the haunting sound of your dead brother's voice ringing in your brain. Yep. That's going to be an insight roll. That is going to be an insight roll. You have tried to forget this for so long, Pietro. You've tried so hard. I rolled a one because I always thought this day would come. There's a reason why his name is still ringing in my ears. Because it's my name now. You took his name. You took his life. You took everything. He had it coming, that little prick. He might disagree with you. He could take that up with the crocodiles. <laughs> I'm sure he already did. They won. So you are unsuccessful in your attempts to get through to emergency services. You don't know where the other two are. You've got a Santa skin suit uh, in the filing cabinet. What would you like to do? The only place I haven't been yet is the workshop. So I'm going to head down there. You head to the workshop. And as you step out into the snow, which is now slowly building up, you see that figure in red with those massive antlers and now you see it looks like there's blood pouring down from the antlers from the horns and blood pooling all around it in this strange empty face and it's pointing at you i gave it the office uh, nope 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 and just run towards the workshop so you run circumventing it as much as you possibly can <laughs> towards the workshop and you hear as you run past it this whisper dissonant whisper in your head you can still have redemption i'm gonna stop dead in my tracks look back towards the figure how please god tell me how i'm gonna drop to my knees become one with us 
be us and your sin will no longer haunt you. Hanging my head face toward the ground and the concept of not having to have this guilt and the other shoe to drop at any moment that the cops might find out is so enticing to be possibly free of not just the guilt, but the fear of being caught. And I'm just going to whisper at the snow. Okay. This skeletal hand reaches out to you. Do you reach to it? I do, tremblingly. It grabs onto your hand and you feel the pain of a thousand, a million sharp little needles digging into your skin. You feel your own blood leaking away as you are confronted with every single sin you have ever committed in your life, every crime, everyone you've ever hurt, every bit of pain you have ever caused to another human being, and you feel it as if it is your own. And you feel yourself being pulled, pulled, pulled from your body into this swirling mass of a void, red and white and gold, as empty as that face that was looking at you before. And with a deep sigh of relief, you see your body crumple and melt into the snow as you become one with the whispering voices. And you can't even remember what you did before, who you were completely. Pietro, that was your name. That's right. Pete? Who knows? Who cares? You are empty. And that's okay. Inside Santa's workshop, the two of you are hiding in the cabinet. Lucy, you hear chittering sounds outside. Chittering and creaking movement. And then you start to hear something pounding on the cabinet door. And Ralph, you hear this too. You hear that? You hear that? It must be real. Don't open the door. I'm not opening the door. They're out there. They were looking at me. They were coming closer. Lucy. What? I think we're gonna die. I don't want to. And it's all my fault. Because I left him. It was on fire and I left him and I... That's why I keep hearing him. It was my fault the fire started in the first place. The car fire? My house burned down. Your house burned down? My cousin died and it was all my fault. But why would the animatronics care about that? I don't understand. I think it's because I've been hiding from that. I always thought I got away with it. Okay, but you just told me. We're gonna be okay. Let's just stay in here and don't open the door and we're gonna be okay. Both of you give me human rolls. Three. Well, I got a five. And I'm up to a five. You hear outside, Lucy, this voice, this chittering voice saying, We just wanted to be loved. We just wanted to be useful. We just wanted to be and you hurt us you hurt us so much why would you do that we never hurt you it's not our fault they're mad at me i mean i know why they're mad at me because i break them every night but where could we run i don't think there's anywhere to run to you didn't see it its eyes it was huge his antlers spread across the whole barn there's got to be somewhere else to go. There's there's always somewhere to go. There's always been somewhere to go. 
right? Not with that storm. It's got to let up sometime. I think we can wait it out. I guess let's just stay here. The door to the cabinet slowly begins to creak open. No, Ralph, no. The door slowly pulls open, and you appear to be looking outside. The snow is swirling. You can see the blizzard in the distance. See the lights of Santa's village slowly, slowly winking out bit by bit. It's the cold, heavy moon hangs above you. No comfort in the light that it shines. And there's this figure, Ralph, that you're seeing for the first time in these long red robes with these massive antlers that remind you of the reindeer that you saw in the petting zoo and the blood pooling around it and a half-empty face because you swear you see Pete's face shifting through and in and out and in and out and it's looking at you. So, Ralph, you're going to make me an insight roll. Just don't roll a six. Well, I rolled a six. So when you roll a six, you essentially become an NPC. You become an NPC. I take control of your character. You probably die. Something is going to happen to you. Lovely. So you look on the face of this creature, this thing, this horrible entity, and you realize you are in the presence of something old. Something very, very old. And you know that it sees you. It sees you for who you are, what you've done, who you've been. It knows everything as it looks into your eyes. And everything you are is laid bare to you. Your pain, the pain you've caused to your cousin, to your family. You feel your aunt's pain at the loss of her only son. You feel everything you've been running from in your entire life that you've covered with this veneer of trying to make the world better through destroying capitalism. You never completely believed that, did you? That was your cause. That was what you were holding on to to make yourself feel better. You cannot lie to yourself anymore, Ralph. Not in the face of this thing. And at six insight, you hear this gravelly voice in your mind, saying, You cannot be redeemed. Shit. And you, in panic and terror at the revelation of who you truly are, take off running. And you run, and you run, and you run, and the fence isn't there, the gate isn't there, the things that were surrounding the Santa's village are no longer there, you are not stopped, there's no cars. Frank's pickup truck isn't there. Your burned-out husk of a car is not there. The Santa's village is not there. You are just running deep into the snow as if the hounds of your past were chasing you. And you run in the cold and the dark. And you know you will never stop running. And you will never be able to escape yourself. Damn. Lucy, the thing looks at you and it says, Would you be redeemed? And you see all of these little figures, these little reindeer, penguins, elves, a little polar bear with a baby polar bear animatronic, all rising up behind this figure, and they're all looking at you, wide-eyed. Would you be redeemed? I'm sorry. 
I want to, I want to live. I want to keep going. I'll, I'll try. What do you want me to do? Give me an insight roll. Just don't roll a six. That is a one. The thing reaches out and holds up a skeletal hand. And all of the creatures behind it flood around you in a circle, spiraling, spiraling around you. And they all sit in the snow and they stare up at you. And the thing nods. And all of the creatures turn. They look at it. They look at you. And you know, from here on out, you must fix that which is broken. You cannot intentionally break anything, whether it be a person or an animatronic. Your job is to fix whatever the cost. And the snow begins to swirl away. As a coda, the next morning is Christmas. Dawn's bright and clear and sunny, as it tends to in this part of California. No sign of any snowstorm whatsoever. Nothing. Everything is clean, clear, and bright. Loud sounds of Christmas carols blasting from trucks going around Highway 17 fill the air. It's crisp. We see a car, a fancy car, drive up to the gate, step out, unlock it, drive into the parking lot. We see Josie in a different suit, this one with a green shirt, stepping out. And we see Pete walking out of Santa's cottage, cool and calm, at peace. Josie walks up to you, Pete, and she smiles. She says, I knew you had it in you. Welcome, Santa. And that is where we will end this scenario. Thank you all for playing, and thank you all for listening. <laughs> thank you for running. <laughs> you are Santa. indeed. Lovely. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Creepy. So fun. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, that's going to be it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Today, we played The Naughty List by Sabrina Henze. Look for more of their scenarios at drivethroughrpg.com. Plus, follow their exploits on Ain't Slayed Nobody, The Old Ways, and other notable podcasts. As a way to further thank Rena for sharing their talents on this not-so-secret tape. The Lovecraft Tapes will proudly make an additional donation to Trans Lifeline. And viewers and listeners may also choose to donate anytime at translifeline.org. In the meantime, be sure to visit lovecrafttapes.com for up-to-date information about our podcast and subscribe to other live streams at twitch.tv slash lovecrafttapes or youtube.com slash lovecrafttapes. You can chat with me in real time at discord.lovecrafttapes.com. I suppose if, if you want to talk to me about how they're looking at me and, and I love it. I really, really love it. You can talk to me at the, at the Discord or you could also leave me a note on my link tree. Link tree slash Lupin Vendetta, all one word. You know, about how animatronics in your life have changed your life and made it better. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Always loved playing a, a game with Rena, and it was amazing meeting you both. Uh, you can find me on any social media at Danny Scott VO, as in voiceover. And thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this scenario. You can uh, find me on Discord as The Inevitable Rena. 
I am on uh, a bunch of servers, but you can also just message me to say hello or talk about the scenario or my other work. I love chatting to people about Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu Dark, and horror in general. And you can also find me on Blue Sky because I left the other place uh, a long time ago. Uh, so you can find me on Blue Sky if you really want to follow my exploits. I publish all of my scenarios and links and things over there as well. So thank you for having me. Until next time, roll four. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Or... (laughs) Pete, shut up. (laughs) Or Santa Claus is coming Coming to town. I'm never going to listen to that song the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Lovecraft Tapes Podcast is copyright 2023. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.